0: Welcome to Equosity, the podcast about all things equine, with a special emphasis on the horse-human bond. My name is Alexandra Kurland. I'm the author of The Click That Teaches, a step-by-step guide in pictures, and many other books and DVDs about clicker training. And I'm joined by Dominique Day, one of the co-founders of Cavalia. This is the second half of a conversation that Dominique and I had recently that was centered around topics that had emerged during a live coaching session that's part of my online clinics. Last week, we talked about how you can use the food delivery to increase your awareness of your horse's balance. That awareness then leads to subtle suggestions that kindly, gently help your horse to release tension and find his own good functional balance. In this episode, we talk about feedback. How do you give effective, constructive feedback? We want to be kind, and we also want to be effective. How do you achieve both? That's the question that we're going to be exploring in this episode.
1: That brings me to my next topic. Ah, good. Because when you're looking at all these videos and all these details, of course, you're giving feedback to the participants and we had a very interesting discussion about giving feedback the last session and I really enjoyed that that conversation so it was about how I don't remember exactly how we got there but we did spend a little bit of time there so it was about giving constructive feedback of course because that's what we'd like to do right to not only and it, In this particular case, we were talking about giving feedback to humans who are learners. So more in the position of a teacher who is giving some feedback to a learner. But for me, when I was hearing the conversation, I was also hearing it as a useful tool in my own life, personal life just to give feedback to people around you because you do want to shape people's and being reinforcement trainers, we'd like to do it in a constructive way but it's not always that easy. It's not easy always finding the right words. You don't want to hurt the people's feeling. There's things you want to, or you feel should be corrected. If someone is learning a new skill, even in sports or you certainly, and I want to get to this because you're a master, I think, at giving constructive feedback. I've seen you, and I'll just get there and ask you questions. But just back to the conversation that we had. So yeah, people, and we've all been also at the end of receiving it. Receiving it. And I remember very specifically once where I was working with a positive reinforcement trainer on a horse. And the feedback was very negative Mm. and it's funny because i actually have some of the sessions on video and when i hear it i'm like oh my god this is not what the kind of feedback that we would like to provide so that yeah that's
0: interesting when you have it on video because it's not when You go back and you go, it wasn't just because I was having a bad day and no, now, you know, now I'm not hearing
1: it differently now. No, for instance, you're asking your horse to turn and he turns the other way, and the person says, That was the wrong way. Even if oh. the tone, even if the tone is yeah. kind of humorous, I know it's the wrong way. I asked him to go right and he went left. Yeah. But yeah, so you can feel even if it's sounds nice, you can feel very incompetent when the person giving you the feedback is actually not skillful, not skilled at doing it. And someone brought up the Oreo approach, which probably a lot of people have heard where you get your corrections between praises. So you start out with something really nice. And then you say this needs to be corrected and you end up again with some praise or something nice and it's an approach that has been you see it a lot on the yeah. internet and maybe if you're really skilled at it it could work but basically it can be pretty ineffective no, that
0: was dr claire saint peter who exactly that. She and, it, and when she was saying this, oh, that should we be saying yes yes how nice and the research says that it's is not, not that good. good
1: no it's not no. that because you can you all people remember is the, the what was between the sandwich was the correction. So it's, yeah, you did this, but yeah. this and that and whatever nice thing you can do at the end of it. Yeah, so I've noticed that about you. And we're going to talk because Claire Pizza St. Peter, she brought she did bring up Tag Teach during that conversation. I think it might be good just to very quickly well, before, for people who... Before we go into deeper things, one of the things I'll just say is
0: and I think part of the reason that we were talking about how the, uh, how you give feedback mm-hmm. is that in this last coaching session, you know, so we always have a group project for the coaching sessions. So people can send in video that's related to work that they are currently interested in with their own horses. But then we also, in addition to that, we have a group project that people can work on or not. They Choosers. And for this group project, what I asked people to do was to produce a teaching video. It was actually coming from a suggestion that Claire had made, which is neat, but to produce a teaching video. and it can be really on anything, but I was thinking with people who have now gone through through the, these, the course and have really developed uh, good handling skills and we've seen these really great changes in their horses, this is a really a way of asking, what are some of the things that are, that really made a difference for you? Because I could give six mm-hmm. people the same set of instructions, and each one would hear something slightly different from that set of instructions, and they might emphasize one thing over what made a difference for you. And the nice thing about the teaching videos is you're not trying to teach everything that needs to be said about grownups are talking please don't interrupt you're just taking some nugget some gem that is of interest to you and we had some really great videos that people sent yeah, in I was, we did. I was really inspired and impressed and so i think that was in part we, why we were looking at that I, yeah and then the challenge always with giving feedback is that you have to really, you have to really be careful, particularly when you don't yet know someone well, you have to be so careful in terms of not stepping on a minefield. Because, you know, what is really comfortable for one person mm-hmm. might reduce somebody else to tears. When you think about, go back to Dr. Lang's conversation about degrees of freedom, and he was talking about, remember when he was talking about, you've got a couple of teenagers in a high school, and one person has zero degrees of freedom, somebody else has three or four or five or six degrees of freedom. Mm-hmm. So the, the person who has limited degrees of freedom, he has very few friends and very few mm-hmm. social interactions. Right. And yeah. if somebody makes a critical comment in his direction, it's devastating, because right. he's nowhere else. But if some somebody else who's got oodles of friends, and somebody makes some rude remark, it's just water off a duck's back. So you have to be really careful, because I don't know the learning history. But I do know that given the numbers of people that that I see in coaching environments, that a fair number of them are going to have very damaged relationships with learning.
1: I've seen you give feedback many times and I think you're one of the best at it because I've seen you in front of people doing things with their horses where I'm like, oh my God, this is a catastrophe. There's a hundred things to address here. You're just super calm. You pick one thing, you give your feedback and then you'll say, so on the next turn, that's I'd like you to do this. And there no. was never, ever one negative comment. And for me, I'm like, oh, my God, there's at least 15 things that needs. And the people, they move along. They progress super well. They're enjoying themselves. They feel competent. So tell us about your guiding principles when you're giving feedback. What's your secret?
0: Be kind. So that's that's important be kind be useful so i've seen people who they're so nice that they're annoying oh you did such a great job you didn't do a great job did a horrible job there's nothing good there at all but oh you're so good you're so smart it's the carol dweck fix versus growth mindset where somebody gets locked in because they've been Oh you've done such a good job you're some you're, you're you're so smart you did such a great job and then the person becomes paralyzed because they don't want to they don't want to do anything that might show that they really weren't that smart so there's there's all of that you can be so nice that
1: you're too nice And sometimes when you're, yeah, and people will feel if you're patronizing them, but also they want feedback because they want to progress. So if you're just saying, oh, all good, you're great. Okay. What do I work on? So people do want feedback. They want feedback. They don't. So be kind, you said. I guess not being judgmental. You're, you're trying to improve a skill. You're, and mistakes are part of learning mistakes are part of learning yeah so, so it's, it's not the person is not incompetent learning
0: so it's i think that sitting at the core of it is being kind. And be kind but not but, too kind <laughs> be kind but have high standards right i mean, hmm. that's a, that would be a good way of saying it be kind but have high standards so if i have high standards how do i get people moving along in the training, the whole constructional approach of break complex behavior down into smaller component parts. So you observe what's going on and you say, oh, this is a mess, there's nothing, this is a total mess. So before there's an accident, because of course my number one rule in when I'm working in clinics is, and I know this has changed a little bit over time, but originally the rule was you're not allowed originally originally you're not allowed to fall off in front of me i find it upsetting so when people were riding the rule was you're not allowed to fall off in front of me it doesn't mean that they couldn't fall off it some other time so if somebody really insists on having in their life experience falling off a horse who am i to deny them (laughs) that experience just don't do it in front of me when i'm Mm. around and then it was because we were doing a lot of groundwork as well you're not allowed to get hurt in my presence, mm-hmm. and then I changed it to, "You're not allowed to get hurt in your own presence." <laughs> we mm-hmm. covered all the bases, mm-hmm. but any of that, if you see that something is really a mess, then let's stop, let the horse go have some hay, and do the dress rehearsals. Do the let's practice the skills before you go out to the horse, and then we can put things back together again. So you've got a number of teaching strategies that that let you that let you make the situation a little bit more manageable so if it's a matter of building skills let's build the skills but not at the expense of the horse because that's not helpful and if you're if you're trying to manage a horse who's all over the top of you and listen to me and I'm giving a barrage of instructions it's just going to become more of a mess relating to some of the tag tips that you were just referring to, the teaching with acoustical guidance and was developed by Teresa McEwen. And Teresa talks about the focus funnel where you get, you give a sort of a general talk about what you want the person to do. Then you get the instruction down to five words or less. So it's a nice tight instruction and you let the person do it, but it's not a barrage of words. And I don't follow tightly that prescription, but There's a lot to be said for not having a barrage of words. Mm. And you'll hear me when the training, I'll often repeat, there'll be a phrase that I will, as as I'm watching the person, I'll repeat it over and over again, because it's just, I want them to focus in on doing that one task. That one piece is the focus, and it becomes like a mantra, so that later when they're working on their own, they'll hear my voice that's spooky. As they're working their horse, they'll hear that phrase coming back and it will help them pay attention to it. But what you're really then doing is saying, okay, I just watched you working the horse and you were were feeding with your right hand on the left side of the horse and you were standing too far back from the horse and you were over-rotating too much when you went back into the grown are talking position and you were feeding too low with your hand crammed in and your click, the timing was off on the, go on and on your list. So it's pick your battle. You're not going to fix everything at once. Find those things that are keystone. That if you get this right, other things will fall into place and smooth out. So you start to learn. What are some of the keystone behaviors that will give you more value when you smooth those out? And so maybe it's going to be, so in this round, what I'd like you to do is feed with your left hand. And we go through a practice run of that. And so the person feeds with the left hand. And the way that I have learned that you that you give feedback is you you give the feedback of that was great you fed with your left hand and then you pause and then you say now in the next trial this is what i'd like you to focus on if you say it the way that is more normal certainly to me, was more normal. If you say, fed with your left hand, that was great, but your feet were too close together. You just negated all Exactly,
1: the exactly. And that is, that's is—that's what we do. It's, it's a simple tweak, but it's a big difference to the gosh, person who's exactly. receiving it. Yeah,
0: and what we've had modeled all our lives is, is the but. The other,
1: is the butt The but. And, um, Whereas you're saying... And in the next trial, yeah, work on this. And you do try and
0: have a little pause till I always succeed, absolutely not. But I do have that in as a structure of okay, let's celebrate what you just did. If you did it, and if you didn't do it, I'm not going to tell you, oh, that was really wonderful, you did, you
1: know, it's going to be. Okay. it's like with our horses, you find a clickable moment. So in the tag teach and for those who are new to this, I would tag teach in a nutshell is to humans what clicker training is to animals. So the tag point is like a clickable moment and it it indicates to the learner that they have reached the goal successfully. So it's a so they have they put tags like all these clickable moments, and they prepare the same way that we would a training session, meaning that they plan ahead the tag points, they break it down in in smaller steps, and then they mark they tag when the person is successful. And if the person is not is regressing, they will back up. To an earlier time when the person was successful. So it's pretty much the same idea, except that they call it tag teach instead of clicker training in a Mm -hmm. nutshell. There are lots of, there's lots of, if you go on internet, there are lots of resources if you want to go deeper into this, but just it gives an idea.
0: So if if I have gone through whatever preparatory instruction and the person goes off and, does a trial uh, and I see the result and I see, okay, that's not what I intended. So then it's, let's regroup and let me break it down further. Have you demo it again? Why did it not come out right? Instead of just repeat it and let me shout louder. It's let's figure out what can I change that will get us a piece of it. And then when you see that there's been that success, in the piece that you just focused on then it's that was great did a great job now in the next trial let's consider adding this element to it and so you're always moving the training along you're always nudging things forward and that's so that's another piece so when you've got people who are very new to the work there are a lot of details and a lot of skills that are being taught so there is a lot of instruction going on if we're working in person there'll be a lot of people-to-people demos so I can let you feel things as well as see things when it's done over the internet it's a different style of instruction but there's a lot of instruction in terms of skill building in the handler. And then there's a point where we've done that. I've got a handler who's got good skills. And you're seeing that in the videos, in these coaching sessions. You're watching some very skilled handlers. You're watching some very pretty handling. Mm -hmm. And when I'm looking at their horses, I'm not thinking, oh, I need to tell them to slide down the lead rope. They know to slide down the lead rope. I don't need to tell them to let go when the horse responds. They do that. I don't need to tell them the overall skill types of things. And yet people still want, they want instruction. They want, because we're so used to that barrage of coaching. They're expecting the barrage of coaching. And often for me, what they get is silence or the, oh, that was pretty. Oh, that was, that looked really nice, but not, the barrage, hold, hold your bat a little higher, whatever. It's and, silence,
1: but it's punctuated with feedback because yeah. silence can be pretty scary. Well, when you're not it's, hearing it's, anything, it's so problem. This
0: is something that with her, I want to say I learned it, but I certainly had it confirmed. I had the very great privilege of being able to watch Nuno Olivero teach. And he was working with Tina Drummond, who was his principal student. Mm-hmm. And he had a couple other people. And this was at a time in his life where he wasn't very healthy. He wasn't very comfortable. And he sat in the corner and when the people that there were just people he didn't have a lot of interest in. He really didn't put that much in. But mm-hmm. with Bettina... He was watching, but he wasn't saying very much. Occasionally, he would go, very good. <laughs> but he really didn't say anything at all. Because he liked what he saw. What he was looking for were the decisions she was making. And as long as the decisions made sense, he didn't need to say anything. But if there was ever a point where it was like, now, why did she do that? Given where the horse was in his balance and... Wait, shift why did she ask for that and then they would have a discussion that could go on for an hour or more and that's what I look for with the more experienced teams that my job then becomes I'm part cheerleader that was really pretty that was really pretty and it's also oh look what just popped out and we're seeing that now with some of the more experienced teams as they're beginning to explore deeper into the Performance work they're exploring areas particularly when you start getting into the lateral work that are fairly new to them and they may not recognize that moment when a horse has is about to pop a lateral step and I'm going oh look what just oh I didn't even see that yes mm-hmm. but that and those first few steps may not be very organized they can be very clumsy because it's their first step And you're saying, oh, look, and that's part of my function. And then it's that, just let me, let me watch the decisions that you're making. And you're making good training decisions. Keep doing what you're doing. So when you get deeper into the training, we're not looking for big shifts. We're not looking, you're not coming. If if you've been working with me on a regular basis, there shouldn't be a big dramatic shift because things are going along well. And we're not trying to say, okay, let me change all the furniture in this room. Well, the furniture is in really good places. You found the perfect mm-hmm. place for the couch. You found the beautiful place for that picture. We don't need to rearrange all the furniture, but it's just let's just nudge things a little bit. So we're looking for those places where. We could just nudge things along or where we can observe. What you're doing is having an effect. Um, there's a very cool video that we're going to be sharing in the next coaching session where one of the participants sent me in a video where her horse was turning in a small circle. And I did this sort of double take, going, wow, that looks so different. And I went back and found video from way back of her horse doing a similar turn and in the original video he looked fine doing a nice circle he looks fine but when you put them side by side the change in the way this horse is moving is so dramatic so dramatically different but you wouldn't necessarily day by day see the shifts, because they're small. If you try to push it along, you would completely mess up. Because that's not the way you make those changes. You just nudge and you nudge, and then you look back and you go, wow, very cool. So the instruction changes depending upon where you are in the Mm. training process. And it also changes depending upon, so if somebody is brand new to the work, being kind is really important. But as they move deeper into the work, if somebody has demonstrated that they also want to get to those very high standards, mm-hmm. then then I may become stricter and more demanding because that's needed to get to those high stands. So you think about, oh, who was it? That I'm going to blank out on it. But the one who did the book on deliberate or practice, or- Daniel Coyle, and he talked about the different instructors that you have as you move through. Okay. And the first instructor, like with the people who become musicians, your very first instructor is not that person who is going to take you to the symphony stage, but who is just this really kind and inspired, encouraging, encouraging, kind, encouraging, who gets you excited mm. about music. Mm-hmm. And then and then you move on to the teacher who understands how to use deliberate practice and to take you to a level of excellence. Mm-hmm. They're often not the
1: same person. And probably if you had that first one too soon, you, they might discourage you.
0: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. they could destroy you. So you have to be really careful in the, this whole process. And ready. Of, yeah, you have to recognize when somebody is ready for mm. the deliberate practice, search for excellence, mm. that where you're going to be more demanding, but if you stay too long on the, the kind, encouraging, first-grade
1: teacher, we'll call it, then... The person might get bored, too, If because people, I think, progress is something that keeps people in the game. But yeah. you can be demanding and be kind. More and more, we're seeing that. I don't know if you're having this in the States, but here we're seeing all these very demanding people who are being like really judged on the public space because ex employees are saying how nasty they were and women especially are being really judged for their type of leadership i guess for men if they were nasty some of them can get away with it yes. but women yeah. who were nasty no. yeah. or who were really demanding buses are losing their jobs and they're being re- judged on the public in the public space. You, are you having...
0: It's a, it's a very double standard, isn't it?
1: Some men have have lost their jobs here too. But what we're seeing is that the type of leadership that people are wanting is changing. And some of the things that you could get away with as long as you got excellent results are no longer okay. The employees are starting to have, I guess it's always when you try to control, the controlly always tries to gain back control. And these people now are in a way getting revenge <laughs> on their old buses. But basically the, what's take home is that you can be demanding, but you still need to be, I mean, in more and more humane for the future, moving forward. We have to have standards.
0: In training, there are criteria that have to be met. I'm not going to click and reinforce just anything. So we, we are setting a standard that the learner must meet if I'm going to click. Now, if I see that my learner cannot meet that standard, then I need to Step back for a moment and think about why is why is this not doable? Let me, what do I need to change in order to find a success point? So this takes us back to the whole good training procedure. So, where can I find a consistent yes answer response? How do I set up my environment to get that consistent yes answer? That may mean starting with protective contact, it may mean that I'm asking for a behavior that looks so simple that it doesn't seem related at all to my final goal behavior. But I understand how loopy training works, and I understand how constructional training works, and I know that I'm going to be moving the training along to the more complex behavior. But throughout all of that, I'm going to have expectations. Mm. And, but just because I have expectations, doesn't mean that I cannot be kind. That, that being kind and being effective are not mutually exclusive. They Which have to go hand in
1: hand. They do. But it was the way in the past when you started to be in the excellent circles, punishment would be creeping in. Yep. Yep. And yeah. And so how to have that kind of leadership where you can have a very mobilized, motivated team with very high standard and people are not using punishment to get there. Yeah. Leaders are not.
0: And I think that's one of the important things about the horses, because I have I've always seen the horses as we'll call it a training ground, a practice ground for learning these skills, and learning these how to do it better. So we're, we're working with an animal that is bigger than we are, stronger than we are, faster than we are. And the way that we have traditionally handled the way to control an animal that is bigger, stronger, and faster than we are is to use fear, to use pain. So we use punishment and we control by punishing. By establishing that we are stronger, we are bigger, we are more powerful than you are, horse. And we do the same thing with people. Yeah. And Which. that's what we have learned how to do, and we know how to do it well, if you can call it doing it well. But we know how to do it. And what we, as a culture, don't know how to do and don't have as many examples mm. and don't see it modeled as well.
1: Exactly. Is
0: how to be kind and effective and to use the positive reinforcement. I and mean, that's why I always enjoy the time that I spend with Dr. Susan Friedman because she models so mm-hmm. beautifully that she has such, so to, to see her, I mean, just normal everyday interactions being in a restaurant and watching her interact with the
1: wait staff. It's
0: just a pleasure.
1: Yeah. and Yeah. So simple things like but that. But what we're also learning, and I think it's important, it's even maybe more so with the humans, because I think they're more complex than the animals, is that you can make mistakes with positive reinforcement. Yeah. So you have to take the time to learn because you can try to coerce people with positive reinforcement. You can have a really bad schedule of reinforcement, and it just, it messes everything up. There's lots of nuances. It's not enough to say I'm a very positive leader, because you could have a very demotivated team, even though you think you're a very positive leader. So it's more, unfortunately, it's more complicated than that. Yes,
0: yes. Again, that Tremendous conversation that we had with Dr. Lang on degrees of freedom. That there was so much in there in terms of, yes, I'm using positive reinforcement, but I'm really coercing you because you have no degrees of freedom. That's Everyone a-
1: needs to listen to that yeah. conversation because it was amazing. So it was starting episode, the first one was episode 213, I think, was it? 2, 212, I think. 212,
0: 212. Somewhere in there.
1: Yeah. yeah, you have yeah. to go
0: there. You have yeah. to listen. But very powerful yeah. concepts, and that whole thing of just because you're using positive reinforcement does not mean that your learner is having a positive learning experience. Mm-hmm. But at least we're trying, which is more mm-hmm. than you can say if you just say, "I will just be mean and nasty and threaten my the people who are who I'm supervising, and I will rule by out of fear."
1: But I think we're, for me anyway, I'm trying because I've seen the difference with my animals. And this has really motivated me to try it with humans. Because as everybody else, the models I've had in my life were more about negative reinforcement and punishment. And it's all around us all the time but because i've seen the difference in the animals and lots of animals the proof was there that it's so efficient and so it it really motivates me to try it with the humans with humans too
0: and you feel better. Yes. If I, spent, I don't
1: want to spend my weekend yelling at wind clinics, and I don't. Want, that I want, was the old way. The old master screamed a lot at yeah. people on their horses. People were at the end of a session crying, and yep, yep. it was supposedly a really good session. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no,
0: thank you. And I, the number of people who when we do the introductions on Friday night before clinic who will say, I'm a dog trainer because I took lessons when I was a teenager and the instructor yelled at me and I just, I hated it. Mm. I I love horses, but I couldn't stand being in the horse world. So I trained dogs instead. It's so
1: sad. Yeah, I've heard that many times too. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's I don't want to be on the receiving end of that kind of... Abusive teaching. Of exchange. And I don't Mm. want to be, I don't want to be doling it out. Now, does that mean that because... We are often working with people who have had very traumatizing backgrounds, whether it's within the family structure that they grew up in, or the schools, that the way that the teachers they had, mm. or the supervisors that they've had at work, or all of the above. It's very easy, without meaning to, to, to take the wrong approach.
1: To reproduce what you've seen. Or just
0: to not realize that the tone that you're using, which is one of the things that I find when I when I'm teaching outside because I have have a very low soft voice Mm. to be heard against the wind I have to shout and when I shout I start to sound angry Mm. and I'm not necessarily feeling angry, Mm -hmm. I've just gone up to be heard against the wind Mm. but if I'm sounding angry to me I'm probably sounding angry to the person who's on the receiving end of the instruction and it's certainly not my intent but you know how you you never know you know what you are presenting but you don't know how it's being perceived and I think that's one of the things that the horses are showing us is we have to really pay attention to the emotional behavior which I find so much easier with the horses than it is with people. Mm. But it's it's an interesting process, the whole learning how to, how to give good instruction. That was quite a lot that came out of the, that coaching session. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it, were, it was really good. So what else?
1: I think that's it for today.
0: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, good. We'll keep Got the on.
1: rest for, for our next yeah.
0: Because there was some I know did uh, you have anything that you no to I was just out? saying that because I know that people have been posting on the because in the clinic part of it there are discussion questions that people can answer or not that are part built into it and I know that the last several weeks that every morning I've had this list of comments and questions and just beautiful statements and I've been spending several hours every morning just writing up responses so there's a lot of material in there that's been fun to consider so I'm sure the next time we do this that there'll be lots of things that we can explore and delve into that are extensions expansions on the concepts that get covered in the foundation course so very fun very fun indeed But we'll leave that for another time. Mm -hmm. Thank you for listening. If you want to learn more about the online clinics and these coaching sessions, do please visit my website, theclickercenter.com. There you'll find very detailed descriptions of all of the clinics. And I hope to be welcoming you to one of them in the new year. So Happy New Year, everyone. Train well and have fun with your horses.